Hi, I'm Dan. And I'm James. And welcome to the Cornwall Property Podcast, where every week we bring you the latest news, hot topics and guidance around the Cornwall property market. Stay tuned to be informed, inspired and to have any of your property-related questions answered by trusted local property professionals. Welcome back. I'm Dan. I'm James. And this is episode 52 of the Cornwall Property Podcast. James, welcome back. Thank you very much. We uh, we missed you the last couple of weeks. but I'm still alive. Uh, you are still here. Um, actually wider awake than I thought you'd be. Oh, thank um, you, Dan. But uh, yeah, congratulations once again. And we've had some lovely messages to wish you um, and your, your lovely family um, all congratulations as well, which is great news. Thank you very much. It's been an absolute miracle. And uh, yeah, so far, so good. And uh, I am managing to get some sleep. So yeah, but thank you to everybody for all your kind messages. Very sweet indeed. Fantastic. Well, back to work. So we've got uh, the Cornwall Property Podcast. As you know, you are tuned in. And this week, we have got the Market Update episode. So for those that aren't familiar with the podcast, thank you for joining us. Um, We are here to inform, educate, inspire you guys to get involved with property with a particular emphasis on the Cornwall Property market trying to get you guys to help us uh, bridge this gap and the issue we have around housing and the shortage of housing here in Cornwall. So uh, yeah, how can people get in touch? You can get in touch with us by going onto our social media platforms such as Instagram on Cornwall uh, Property Podcast and you can also do that on Facebook as well and if you feel like dropping us an email, which many of you do, go to hello at cornwallpropertypodcast.com and get in touch. We're waiting here to answer or help where we can. Exactly that. Exactly that. So this episode is the market updates as I mentioned. So James and I have picked a couple of articles that are in the news uh, at the moment related to property some local some more national but all of them to hopefully help educate and keep you guys with your fingers on the pulse or the property market and the, the legislation around property as well we've then got our picks of the week i've got a commercial pick james has a, a residential pick of the week that's an off property that uh, is currently on the market here in cornwall that you guys could jump on as a little opportunity to maybe help bring some housing back to the market so without further ado i will kick us off um my article i've got it actually caught my eye actually this one it was um actually on cornwall live as well so again the links to all these articles are on the show notes but uh, it's looking at the most popular and the least popular places in Cornwall uh, to, at this current time with regards to purchasing. So the hot property market, as we know, it remains hot in Cornwall. It's kind of like we're in our own little bubble down here. Uh, everywhere in the, the rest of the UK is kind of uh, reporting things slowing down. But Cornwall seems to be keeping, keeping a steady rhythm at the minute, at a steady pace. But the latest figures nationally reveal that an average cost of a home has fallen by 1.1% in November. Now, this has gone down to the average figure, which is £366,999. So that's a drop of just over £4,000 over the last month. It's believed that this is slowdown is um, due, well, has been contributed by the increasing cost of borrowing now so obviously mortgage rate mortgage rates cost of living etc um, essentially as well is is limiting people's funds to be able to make moves as well so there's a number of different areas that are contributing to this this drop over the november month however despite this trend as i mentioned the buyer demand in Cornwall remains high, and I don't think that's a surprise to us. This really is it. Um, we know that that's generally been the, the story throughout the last couple of years. But the there's, a, there's an app out, and I don't know if anyone's heard of it. It's called Propcast, and it's kind of like a, a weather forecasting app, but it's focused on property. So what they have is like a, an area map, a regional map, or they could have a national map, however. But we obviously um, focus here on the Cornwall market, and they've got uh, temperature temperature gauges, and the, the higher the temperature, the the hotter it is. Um, obviously, the lower the temperature, the colder it is. But that gives you an indication to whether or not it's a, a hot for a seller or hot for a buyer, if it's a buyer's market or a seller's market. So with that in mind, the uh, the map regarding on 
we're focusing on Cornwall region. Um, it's refers to a seller's market. And while there are some locations that the buyers aren't necessarily going crazy for it, it's really nice indication. It's quite an interesting article <clears> in there. Tells you where what is hot and what is not really in Cornwall. So it's revealed that 88% of Cornwall's postcode districts are still in a hot seller's market. So that's positive news. Um, and the highest, hottest, shall I say, being the TR15 postcode. So they're taking the lead at the minute, actually, in the um, in Cornwall. So... Of these, there's five locations that were looking the worst. So they're seen as more buyer's markets or people basically, they're not selling as quickly as other areas of the county. So first postcode area is PL28 postcodes. So for those of you that aren't familiar, we're looking at like Padstow, um, St. Marion, Travone. Um, so these are areas that uh, have only been rated like a 30 degree Celsius and not very hot. That's actually the 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 coolest markets uh, seen as the buyer's market. So that's the, the, the places that are sticking the longest on the market. Uh, next is a PL23 postcode. Um, we're looking here at Foy, Gallant, Polruan. So the PL23 area, that is the second worst. Third, coldest or seen as the, the least hot um, would be Marazion, that sort of area, TR17 postcodes. Fourth was looking at Tintagel, um, that sort of area at PL24. And then also in that top five postcode area, which is a more seen as a buyer's market, would be PL29. So PL29 falls into like Port <coughs> Isaac, um, Port Quinn, these sort of areas. So again, really interesting article. Um, evidence suggests that the majority of Cornwall is slowing into a buyer's market ever so slowly, but just four postcode districts saw buyer demand grow in the last quarter. Um, but again, if you want to know a little bit more about that, I won't go into too much more now, but there's a link to the show notes to the article. Have a little look. But uh, I think it's no surprises. Uh, what I think is quite interesting, obviously, when you pinpoint those areas in a little bit more detail. Um, but generally, these are quite higher uh, valued areas, really. Padstow being in a top foy. No, those are quite uh, high property valued areas as well um marazion tintagel so i'm not i'm not too surprised actually that they're probably sticking a little bit more than others really because they're probably a little um less affordable shall i say definitely i mean i look at all of those postcodes firstly let's start with the the market cooling a little bit i think anywhere in the uk would slightly cool at the moment once it's been quite a crazy year and it needs to calm down uh, to some degree but it's it's november <laughs> everyone as some of my uh, headlines will come on to people wait to the new year and they start wrapping up for uh, excuse the pun for christmas and um yeah, everything starts slowing down but what is interesting about all of those postcodes down is that um i know all of them fairly well not so much the the, the Fowey one but uh, all all the others i do and they're all very clear holiday destinations mm. these are like holiday lets rich in these areas especially port isaac port gavin port quinton and dillon and trilite that is the majority there is um holiday lets and i think people in north cornwall are still trying because north cornwall holds its value especially places like rock people charge you know pretty much whatever they want and they're hoping for a bidding war and houses are worth what people are willing to pay there but i think there are a few dreamers still up in uh, north cornwall and i've had that from the horse's mouth from the agents that people are still just trying their luck to put it on like places in like rock like two three hundred grand more than what it's actually worth just to see if they get that sort of uh, that rich london buyer perhaps fine sorry to you tend to find they don't necessarily need to sell hence why they're prepared to do that that's it, the difference as exactly well. they're not fussy uh, it's not like you know this is these are areas where people generally kind of live and they're a lot cheaper they are you know often especially in 
those districts, you can be going north of a million easy, mm. uh, especially in, you know, Padstow, Port Isaac, you know, they're, they're hugely expensive. And, and Marazion as well. But uh, yeah, interesting there. Definitely, definitely. So the second article I've picked <coughs> out here is uh, an article about the crackdown on landlords. So no doubt if you, you've been looking at the press and there's been some tragic news about a two-year-old boy that died due to the, the quality of the home that he was living in. So Michael Gove has been a visitor, visited the, the, the actual the block of apartments that they were living in at the time. Um, and he now vows to, his, the words here say, he vows to crack down on landlords following the tragic death of two-year-old Awab Ishak, um, and this was due to the mould growth that they put this down to in the rented home. Now, Gova said that everyone deserves the right to live in a safe, decent home, and this government will do its best to protect. Couldn't agree more it, that everyone deserves that right, and they should be getting these rights. Um, one thing I'd like to point out, however, is he's he's really focusing here on like private rented centre, mm-hmm. but the the quality of this house and the, this poor lad have, uh, died in the standards of this property. It was actually social housing, so it was actually a council property that this fell down in so in this article that i've picked out and again the links are in the show notes and it's um, from the mob property mark website um it very much very very um targeted on private rented sector which 100 percent we are in the private rent center james and i are landlords uh investors ourselves and we 100 percent want every, we put nothing we can't put physically anything more into our right. properties in terms of quality care and customer service but this isn't just a private rental sector issue. It's a social housing as well. And I think as long as this this article and this these uh, regulations are in place and they cover that as well, then I've got no problem. But he's uh, we're using a, a social housing example and reflect it on the private rental sector as well, which I don't necessarily agree with. But as long as it all comes under one blanket, I don't think it's a bad thing. But he's put, he goes on to say that there's been a um, road landlord database in existence in England since 2016 and councils have a record... Um, where they with banning orders in so what they're suggesting is that they want basically a database of rogue landlords so if a property is reported to be under standard or unsafe or hazardous or or any of the above then the landlord and that property would then be put on this register so that people could see it publicly and, and you're named and shamed so if you're a tenant you look at this register you can say oh well why would i get rent from that property or that landlord because look at the state of the property um, they've had issues in the past and they're still on this register so i think yes it is a good incentive but at the same time always comes back to james i know we talked about it a few times is how do you police this who's mm. going to police this who is really going to have the chance have we got the money have we got the time how, how are they going to they're, they're just going to hopefully throw some money at this but it's keeping on top of it we've got the similar instance with hmos houses of multiple occupancy such as like student houses and things like that um there's a license for that. There's a database of student houses, not necessarily the quality of them, but again, it's one thing trying to keep on top of all of those properties, let alone all of the private rental sector. So um, I don't disagree <clears throat> with the the thought and the reason why they want to do it, but at the same time, the application of this, I just struggle to see how they're going to be able to do it efficiently. Mm. Yeah, I'm always, as you know, Dan, uh, and to all the listeners and viewers, I'm, I'm I'm up for regulation. Why? Because I want a better quality uh, across the industry because you do have rogue landlords and, you know, it pains me to hear that, you know, again, they're reinforcing a bit more of what they might do because there's been a fatality at the expense of a little boy. It's too late. late. Mm -hmm. Exactly that. Um, I think the properties that are managed through an agent, I think they're not the ones really to to worry about because they've got uh you know duty of care to do their due diligence that the property is you know safe they have to tick all the boxes because they get regulated as well so that's all done it is the landlords that 
choose not to use an agent uh, and they're doing things on Facebook Marketplace, you know, because they're, and why are they doing that? Well, maybe because they want more money uh, for the margins, but it might just be where well, if they bring it to an agent, they won't let, it, let them let it out because it won't meet the standard. But I, I think there should be, you know, some form of regulation where if you are going to do it privately, you're not going to use a, an agent that is, you know, a professional and it's regulated, then they have to get a stamp of approval for them to do that. Otherwise it is, you know, illegal and make sure the tenants are aware of that. Uh, so if they don't see that stamp of approval, they could be reported. And that's a way I think to police it, that tenant knows as they go into the private uh, rental sector without an agent, they know, oh, Mr. Landlord, uh, Mr. Jones, have you got your stamp of approval from somewhere? And they have to pay for that. But uh, yeah, it's putting in the action. We need to see something and no more fatalities. You know, it's just brutal. Absolutely madness. But uh, yeah, so those are my two articles. James, what have you got for us? Certainly not as um, kind of interesting with those ones, not that the fatality is, but uh, mine are always going back to the uh, the figures. And uh, I know we've seen a lot of, um, I wouldn't say bad press, but uh, I'm not a fan of the press just because they can put, you know, people who are listening or watching the news into turmoil and thinking like the property market is over and it and that really is just not the truth. But I have to wait until we get the proof uh, in the pudding as such. And there are some stats out there now. So my first headline is a five-year fixed rate falls below 6%. Uh, this is from uh, Mortgage Strategy on a Money Facts article. And the average uh, rate for a five-year fixed, which the majority of many people have been going for, and that's what we've been banging on, get yourself a decent rate, has fallen to 5.95%. Uh, data from Money Facts shows at the start of this month, being November, it stood uh, at 6.32%. Uh, and then the average rate has now fallen to that point at 5.95, which is a really good indicator. And I'd, this is from past episodes that I've always kind of been a bit for the the lenders are trying to lend money, but they're just not meeting the criteria, the borrowers for the stress testing. So it is starting to come down now, which is a really good sign. I've also got some information here on the two-year fixed average rate has also fallen across the same time frame, although it is some way off the 6% mark. As of today, it was the 6.13%, having fallen from 647 uh, which was at the end of uh, October there. So that's come down a little bit. Obviously, five-year fixed, that's what the lenders want you to sign up for, and they're rewarding you by giving them uh, another rate but just from brokers that I've been speaking uh, to and for our own uh, portfolio that Dan and I are ever growing to create housing across Cornwall they're all saying the same things like if you can hang on like until January they think the rates are going to go down again and since that mini budget was announced where everyone just kind of freaked out and even the the, the banks and the lenders um, you know now that kind of storm is settling down we're already starting to see those rates coming down because uh, I know only a, a month ago some places if you have bad credit or whatever you were looking around the seven percent mark which was just not sustainable so i think that's a really good sign and for all the listeners and viewers like just just hang on i reckon we're going to start seeing stuff come to the maybe in the 4.4.7 mark uh in january but obviously we'll see uh, what the new year thoughts on that dan yeah it would be lovely and just for us obviously we've we've got investment going on we've got uh, five developments in truro currently going on um ourselves and we are currently refinancing so Again, we have purchased these properties with investor finance. So we've used our, um, we work with investors. They have funded the purchase um, and the development. We obviously then give them their money back with uh, a return of interest as well, agreed interest. And we are coming on off of that um, 
we're, well, we're paying the investment with a mortgage. So we put a mortgage on the property once we've developed it at a higher value. Mm-hmm. What we're finding now is the mortgages that we're going for, we've actually, and you and your great work, James, have secured us a 5.5% currently. But the beauty is what we've spoken with our well broker is, look, look we'll, we'll get the ball rolling with a 5.5%. But we have got that flexibility that if the rates were, and when they do come down um, in January, hopefully, we've got the opportunity to then just quickly switch over to the, the new product, which is great. It's having that... Um, as long as it's with obviously with the with the same lender, um, but yeah, it's just having that flexibility. So secure what you can now, but obviously, as long as you're not trying to get get it over the line in the next couple of weeks, you've got time to hopefully switch onto a, a better product uh, if you haven't completed on that refinance or that mortgage um, in that time. So get it secured now, as we've always said. Just get something fixed. You know where you are. That's worst case scenario. If something then improves, then brilliant. Jump onto that. But fingers crossed, we'll see that happen. No, definitely. And I actually think it's quite refreshing to see that those rates are coming down because people, especially the first time buyers, really felt for them sort of thinking they were so, uh, the amount, I think a few episodes ago, we were talking about the amount of um, transactions that fell out of bed solely because first time buyers really excited. They might have got help from mum and dad on their savings. They're just about to uh, gear up for exchange. Then suddenly the rates are pulled and the stress tests don't meet on their criteria for, for their earnings. But uh, yeah, they are starting to de-freak now, which is quite nice. And uh, we'll see what happens in January. So my second uh, headline as well, which was on mortgage strategy, was um, in relation to what we've already talked about. But buyers sit tight until next year's. The phones have stopped ringing and it feels as if the tap has been turned off, says brokers. But they remain optimistic for 2023. Ah, Ironically, especially for first time buyers. November saw the Office for National Statistics uh, issue a positive report that in October transactions had risen 2% on a monthly basis to 108,480. However, many brokers were quick to discount the news as Riverside Mortgage's owner Luke Shaw says these figures lag economic reality. On the front line, it's now a very different story. The phones have stopped ringing, buyers are holding off and the World Cup and Christmas is upon us. Most have decided to sit tight and wait until next year. And I don't think that's just because of what's going on at the moment. I think it's generally just, we've already talked about that's what happens. It's always a quieter time of the year in the market anyway. Yeah, exactly. And quite an expensive time for people, especially with the energy bills, all that type of stuff. People haven't got as much disposable income. So I think this is just my prediction and it'd be interesting to see, but I think 2023 is going to, kick off quite nicely mm. so i think if you've got a slight drop in the housing market that'll be good for cornwall that'll be good for first-time buyers and i think it'll be good for investors because it might attract them to uh you know do some more purchases marry that with the rates uh that are coming down as well i think it'll be quite good i just finished here i've got something added to this are new figures from zoopla which show that demand has dropped 44 percent since the ill-fated mini budget which we all know about and nationwide data shows a monthly house price drop of 1.4 percent in november the biggest fall since june 2020 but one thing i will say and i have been banging on about this for many episodes now it's not only as all the things happened this year uh, with coming out the other end uh, of COVID and the, the rates doing what they've done. But don't forget the pe- the pandemic did soar housing prices here in Cornwall. So I think we still do need to get back to some form of reality uh, in Cornwall because house prices are still very high down here because it's an you know it's an attractive place to live. And well, lots of people have moved. That, haven't we? Yeah, it's still a hot market. It's in its own little bubble, really. Yeah, it's been big um, time. But I, I feel pretty good about 2023. And I think, yeah, we're developers. We're going to keep on buying and keep providing homes for Cornwall. But yeah. lenders need to still lend. They so certainly I do. I think it's just a case of just, yeah, if you can, again, 
can you live with worst case scenario? Do your numbers, do your facts, do your figures. And uh, if you can live with that, they're great. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, we hope you get, you know, decent knowledge um, and, and our stories here on the podcast. But if you haven't got a broker and you're seriously looking to buy a property for your own personal or doing it as an investment, the best advice I can say, because I deal with a lot of the financial um, uh, funding uh, for Dan and mine's business, go and get a broker. Brokers know everything. They do all the dog work for you and they'll be able to give you that reassurance. And last point, don't believe what you read in the press at all. Yeah, a pinch of salt massively. So this brings us on to the partnership where James and I pick and share our picks of the week, essentially. So these are properties that Mm. are on the market currently and um, we want to share with them. Could be opportunities for you. So James, I'm going to put yours on first. So yours is, uh, well, it's a lovely old pebble-dashed property in beautiful Nampian. Yeah, so small. Nampian in St. Austell. It's currently on the market at 200,000 with Stratton Creever. But I think there is some really good opportunity here. Um, it's a, a miner's cottage, although it doesn't look like it's so much from the front, but it is in, the, in a nice little village. It's got three double bedrooms, which for a miner's cottage, you'd expect there to be a smaller um, third bedroom, but Sounds no. Like garden. Yeah, yeah, a very nice size garden. There is bags of room uh, for modernisation and there is a garage and garden to the rear but as you'll see from some of the uh, pictures for the viewers uh, don't forget all the links are on here if you want to have a look but there's a really good opportunity to have a little workshop uh, out the back as well but I think there's a lot of value to be added here and the house looks pretty good to me it just needs a lot of modernisation really but structurally it looks good. Dan? Thoughts? Yeah lovely good size I'm just on the floor plans now I love I love a good floor plan. Certainly do. Um, Again, great opportunity. You could really open this up as well, potentially, couldn't you? Make it real nice open open plan, that kitchen. Um, yeah, exactly what I thought. Open that kitchen up into the dining room, make it a nice big kitchen diner area. You big could, for a miner's cottage, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's it very spacious, actually. Very spacious. You can see down here as well where the lane, there's a big lane that goes on the back where you can obviously get your car parking. And as you say, there's a, there's a workshop and a garage at the back here. Great. No, I like it. for uh, Was it 200000 Brilliant. Yeah. Well, guys, if you like the look of that, that is on with Stratton Creeber. Get in touch and uh, get yourself a viewing. But again, just just do your homework. Do your Absolutely. homework. Read the uh, read the comms. What's the EPC on that? This one is looking at. It's a very low. So it's an F, but they believe it could get up to a C. Um, interesting one there. I'd like to hear. Interesting as such. Right. Well, that brings me on to my property. My property is a lovely commercial opportunity. It's an opportunity where someone could purchase themselves commercial property but it's got some residential opportunity above it so this is in Truro everyone knows that we love we love Truro James and I uh, 210,000 it's been on the market because you can see I've got my property tracker app I can see when it came on it came on on at the end of November so it's not been on very long uh, it's, it's currently a, a commercial property with office space above but it actually seems to be quite a spacious office up above so it's mixed use investment for sale possible conversion to residential upstairs so it's a great opportunity um the ground floor is let has an income coming in but you could split the top it's got at the top section so the upstairs has actually got its own access around the rear as well which is great news because it then means you can split it nice and easily um you could then with with that in mind make some accommodation on the on the top floors but you can see here in the in the 
information in the bio description. Property comprised of ground floor rental, uh, sorry, retail unit currently let to a coffee shop and bakery and vacant offices upstairs, which are accessed via a separate entrance. Um, the ground floor has a sales area with a store office, etc. Obviously, that's let out. That could get just nice ticking over income. Uh, upstairs has three separate office rooms as well as a storeroom, kitchenette, WC. So again, what am I hearing from that? Obviously, there's, there's drainage, there's services up there. Potentially, is it on the same service the same meter potentially so you may want to look at splitting that separate Not, access is a bonus a big 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 bonus there is separate access mm. um again there's catering downstairs that's something you've got to be thinking about with there being catering facilities downstairs it may limit your lenders above if you're going to get a mortgage mm. but uh, again an opportunity here there's empty space above a shop depending on the postcode i haven't actually looked at the postcode um you may even be part of the Truro Town Bid Grant, actually, where they're trying to actually encourage this opportunity here um, in the centre of Truro. But it might be worth just looking into the Truro Bid. Um, and we might see if we can get someone on, actually, regarding the True Bid. It could be quite a good, uh, good idea. podcast, yeah, actually. Sure. But um, they are actually offering grant. I think they're offering like 50% of the funding. They would fund 50% of the development where you're able to bring housing above commercial properties because it's just empty spaces. As we all know, this whole podcast is about bringing homes to Cornwall. It could be a great uh, opportunity there. A quite an achievable price at 210 I think you could hopefully get a, a bit off of that. Mm. But... Uh, yeah, you can see here we've got storage heaters. Again, we are very big advocates and you could get some really good EPC figures as well. We're using the Quantums upgrade thermally where you need to. But again, I'm with Miller Commercial. I know these guys at Miller Commercial are very helpful as well. So mm. do give the guys a shout out. No doubt they can give you more information. But uh, great opportunity. Yeah, it's good. Fine there, Dan. Quite like it. And EPC is D on it. So it's not that bad. Not um, that bad at all. No, no, definitely not. And it could be easily improved by simply just changing, updating those, those heaters. Those heaters definitely. The, yeah, um, good but guys, that brings us to a close on today's podcast. Thank you ever so much for joining us as always. And uh, if there's anything you need from us, please do get in touch. Absolutely. And you can do that by going onto our social media platforms such as Instagram and Facebook. So you can find us there or you can drop us an email, which is at hello at cornwallpropertypodcast.com. Send your information or requests in and we'll do our very best to help out and thank you for supporting us as always definitely well guys until next time that's a goodbye from me that's bye from me